Greetings! Welcome to episode 5. And I am at home. We have this week off from school, so I have some show notes I can actually look at. I am not doing a van journal version of this episode, so I just wanted to welcome you back. And this is, the date is November 24th, 2021, and I am titling it Narcissists and the Holidays, and I'm just going to briefly touch on this because I'll have a couple weeks to cover Narcissists and the Holidays. So um, I just want to let you know um, that you are welcome to listen to my podcast journal where I share my awakening from my narcissist-induced nightmare. Hornswoggled means to trick or deceive someone, and let me tell you, I have definitely been hornswoggled and by someone so close to me for at least the past 20 years, and that was my mom. I now since have gone back in reflection and looked at a lot of other relationships that um, now, knowing what I know about narcissism, really have me taking a second look at them and going, hmm, I feel like I was a narcissist magnet. And and that typically happens to people who have been in long-term relationships with narcissists who tend to somehow attract them. And they say um, people who are more empathetic or um, what they would say is like an empath, um, more toned into other people's emotions and vibes can attract them. And um, so I have just decided to share my experiences to offer support to others who are going through the same thing me and my family have and the content I have found surrounding narcissistic abuse by professionals and fellow survivors has actually brought me so much comfort in knowing that we are not alone and this podcast is meant to share my experience my personal experience it will vary from yours or you might have some stuff in common information I have found helpful and the sources so you can check it out on your own and I also just want to share my feelings as I unpack this huge blow so as well as share content that has helped me to find answers. And I do have my website back up. It's at www.hornswoggledpodcast.com. You'll be able to find my show notes there and anywhere you can listen to the show. And then there's also a contact form. So let's get started. All right. This is where I'm going to share my journey so far. My experiences with narcissists and the holidays. When I was a kid, my mom and her mom had a very turbulent relationship. So I'm pretty sure that's how my mom became a narcissist. And her dad also sucked. Let's be honest. They probably both were narcissists in their own way. On top of also adding alcoholism and all that jazz. So definitely wasn't looking good when my mom was a child. So I'm pretty sure that is how she became a narcissist was um, to survive in the the swamp of narcissists that she grew up with. Because I'm pretty darn sure that my, my aunt is also one. Um, she's also been diagnosed with bipolar disorder amongst other things. So I feel like it's a thing. Her childhood, like I said, wasn't the greatest riddled with mental, verbal, and physical abuse, but this is only what we have been told by her for years. So I don't know. I mean, I haven't really heard too much from my aunts and uncles throughout my life and they're all kind of sketchy in their own way. And, um, So, but just from what she would tell us for years, and then it was always on repeat. Like we would hear the same stories for our entire childhood until we moved out. We would just, even then when we didn't move out, actually, (laughs) we've heard how horrible she's had her horrible life has been and beaten into us. (laughs) And then actually every other person that she met, anyone knew, it was the same song and dance. It was the same stories. And now that I know, um, about narcissism, this does not surprise me, but before I knew about narcissism, I would actually try to convince her to leave her past behind her and to not let the abuse that she sustained define her or even hold her back. But I had no idea that she would actually never dream of doing such a thing because it garnered her so much attention and sympathy. She got so much narcissistic supply from 
you know, her ever-changing circle of people. And that was another thing we recognized. But that'll be another show entirely because I have noticed that narcissists um, either have the same ignorant flying monkey group or they find new flying monkeys like once the if they if they selected some really smart flying monkeys and they kind of just got tired of the narc's business I could see them needing to just start fresh with a whole new set of monkeys so I think it just depends on the narc so she would get so much narcissistic supply from all of her new family circles her church circles she hops churches she would hop jobs anything new fresh supply that was what she was about and then she would low-key she would go in now that I know about narcs they they always want to play the victim card so then you wouldn't really suspect them not the innocent victim right so um when even when we went to her mom's my grandma's for the holiday our grandma would always find a way to cause drama so she was she was a she was a a doozy (laughs) let me tell you um she would burn food and complain she would uh, burn batches of cookies, which just a side story, she would later wrap up and give me as a child. I'd get like boxes of burnt cookies. I would get clothes that never fit me. Um, we were only allowed to play with boxes of broken toys when we would go over there. And we had the gold. So the golden grandchild was my cousin and he had everything amazing her world revolved around him but when my sister and i were over to her house we weren't allowed to play with any of the good toys we were only allowed to play with broken toys so um tell you if i didn't have a sense of humor and a thick skin yikes (laughs) i can just i just uh can't wrap my mind around wanting little kids to play with broken toys but hey narcs don't care they don't care so um, she would also, uh, start a fight with like one of my aunts or uncles from, you know, the group a few days ahead of time and then not invite them to the holiday and then like rant about them the whole time. And then she'd obviously make her snide rude comments. She'd flirt with my dad, um, usual, usual nerve behavior, just constantly. Um, our, ho- our holidays with my covert narc mom as kids weren't too bad. And I think a lot of it was with your little kids, you know, your unknowing supplies. We relied on her for everything like kids do to their parents. So she played the over the top Betty Crocker, um, to make Christmas magical, she would say, and she would create things. She would strategically try to create traditions that weren't really traditions for our family, but she would just make new things. She would go, our new tradition is going to be this. So when you look back and you're little, you will know that this was our tradition, but then she would literally never carry it out. It would change from year to year. And I'm like, that's not a tradition. That's just you being weird fairy tale and never following through, you know? (laughs) Just weird stuff. She would always do that to be very um, over-the-top showboating, more or less. So the other part was um, if you did not rejoice, you know, for her over-the-top for gifts that they got you, you better you better cry some happy tears. You better just hoot and holler or else she would get ticked off at you. She would scowl at you. She would call you ungrateful. Um, our mom reamed out my sister. She learned the hard way um, because she was given a radio for a gift and she was only like seven And uh, she didn't do, she never was that over-the-top emotional kid or expressive. She would, like, hold a lot of her feelings inside. So when she got this radio, she was just like, thank you. You know, my mom just for, like, I want to say for over an hour just ranted at her. And, you know, she would, my dad worked second shift. Now that I know just to escape her, I just, I know that's what it was. (laughs) But, you know, so it was like, we were a captive audience. We weren't, we had to jump and dance and perform or else. So as we got older, holidays turned into a huge stressful event. She went no contact with her mom's, you know, finally, because she got tired of my crazy grandma sending us her death certificates and we would send her our school pictures and she would send them back. 
I know she's she's a tool oh goodness so um <laughs> so as we got older holidays turned into a huge stressful event in another way because you know she went no contact with her mom but she still wanted supply so we she started hosting at our house and would invite people friends family um, over for the holidays, like her family, and they are all variations of sketch. Like she would always tell us to hide our purses. Um, we had like an aunt that would go through your medicine cabinet. We had cousins that would steal from you, but she just needed that supply. So she would always invite over like five or six of her family members, and then they would bring people. And then we were tasked with the stressful house cleaning from a young age all the way on up into teenagers until we finally moved out of the house like it was a stressful holiday sucked they were so stressful everything had to be perfect immaculate we all had to look prim and proper we had to always look and act like we were the perfect family we were we were so perfect and it was so stressful keeping that facade up and you know so here we are wanting to enjoy the holidays that she's yelling at you and screaming at you and ordering you around and freaking out and it was just some anxiety fueled holidays so yuck <laughs> so now I know why I don't do any of that as uh, an adult so um in our 20s she would put on a show because we would have a boyfriend come to the holidays with us and she would just really do it up she would want to know what they like to eat what their favorite stuff was so she could show off so she could make it so she could just woo them like the love bombing like she wanted to get in good with the boyfriends you know that's what she would do so then she went and um, she'd love to show off her cooking. She'd also ask you multiple times if you liked it. And um, we would we would just naturally back then chalk that up to her just needing compliments. Because she was very much like Mary Ann from um, Everyone Loves Raymond. And she was over the top showboating side of narcissism um, being the covert so all of you just thought was like she was this over the top oh yes oh you love my fried chicken do you like it do you like it and every time she'd see you she'd always go you miss me did you miss me did you miss me so they she constantly needs to be showered with adoration with compliments she you know it's typical narcissist so um, she loved to show off her cooking, you know, like I said, ask you multiple times. We just chalked that up to her being like Marianne. The more people came over um, to compliment her and, and for her to entertain, the higher her high was because it was such a fantastic feed for her. And once the guests would leave, we were back at the cleaning crew. Then we had to clean up after everybody before we could go to bed. Everything had to be put back. Everything had to be, you know, whatever, put back and look great. And then we could go to bed which became really normal for us um I noticed as I got older whenever I would have company come over I was riddled with anxiety I was freaking out about my house not being perfect and my family not being perfect and I, now that I know about narcissism I've thrown that out the window and I said I'm not doing any of I'm not jumping through these hoops this was something that she put in me and programmed in me this is not who I am so I threw it out so I get lost I don't do that anymore and I tell myself calm down it's your house it's your life and you run it the way you want to run it. So I do recommend that um, when you are going inward and, you know, vacuuming up the narc fleas, definitely check in with yourself to make sure that you aren't carrying forward any of this, that, that nasty baggage that they that they put in you your whole life you are free and you, you can remove it. So, um, <laughs> As I got older and and married, she started her triangulation between my sister and I, and she would tell one of us that the other could only do a holiday at a certain time. And then for the other daughter, she would say that the other daughter could only meet at a certain time. And then we would stress out and try to change everything in our schedules. And then she would flip it again. And... In reality, she was making all this up. She was triangulating us. She would, she was lying. She was just bold-faced lying, making us jump through all these hoops, you know. 
And um, then she would tell one daughter to come over at a certain time. And it normally was my sister. She would, I noticed that like my family, she would tell, oh, okay, be at my house at five. But she wouldn't tell my sister to, and her boyfriend to be over at the house till like 5.30. So for a whole half an hour, any of the guests that came, like our godparents or her friends or neighbors that she invited over, she would just sit there and crap talk my sister. Oh, I can't believe she's late. I can't believe she's doing this again. It's this whole big show about how she's never on time. And then I come to find out, I mean, that's happened to us sometimes, but it. normally she would do it to my sister that I noticed so we had no idea that she was doing any of this stuff um the triangulating with the right the with the rotating daughters and guests and making us look horrible because we showed up late and and making everybody sit there and go well I guess we have to wait to eat for half an hour just sit and stare at our plates and it was always and it was the late daughter's fault it was such a setup man yeah, so we didn't know any of the stuff was going on until we got to talk years later and compare our notes. And then we got to see behind the curtain everything that was going on behind our backs. And then she would even love to show off to her guests going into her closet and trying on her fancy coats and clothes and strut out into the living room into a group of grown-ups who are talking here she is gallivanting around in these big poofy coats and just wanting attention wanting people to go oh oh ah and at one point my godmother who's passed now um well, we call her, she's like our godmother. It was like our grandma that we adopted into our family. <laughs> she wasn't really her blood grandma because her blood grandma obviously sucked, you know? So we replaced her with um, a nice lady. So she invited her over and she leans over to my sister and I. And she goes, wow, your mom really likes her coats, don't she? <laughs> We're like, does she like her coats? Or does she really like people just oohing and on over? And she just, oh, it was so nauseating. So, you know, as long as she was the center of attention, everything went well. If she did not feel like she was adequately fluffed up by her guests um, over her decorations or her cooking, she would be more quiet. So others would inquire if something was wrong. So they'd be, oh, I noticed you weren't talking very much. Are, are you feeling well? Oh, and then, you know, that victim card comes out because, you know, narcs, they want their supply. They don't care if it's positive or if it's negative, as long as they get it. So. Um, I was reading an article on Psych Central and they had this to say about the narc and the holidays. They said, usually during the holidays, the narcissist is in a heightened state of fantasy fulfillment chasing. And I'm like, oh, yes, that is definitely my mom during the holidays. So every narc experience, um, it, it might not be just like mine, but mine's a covert narcissist. And she, if you are just showering her with compliments you're her bff but the minute you aren't you are you better you better distance yourself from her because she will target you instantly so um but yeah that made so much sense because everything had to be a uh, storybook perfect uh to everybody else but everything behind the scenes was anything but storybook perfect so so for 20 some years my mother was triangulating my sister and i to hate each other so holidays were extra awful even on that because she would stir the pot of one of us right before the gathering guaranteeing that we felt like we were both on eggshells and my mom would go as far as to like referencing bad things that my sister had done to me in the past that i actually later learned were instigated by my mom she would say them to me in like a low voice she would she, like she was wanting to reignite some old anger in me so that we would fight you know to complete her triangulation trap so she was constantly instigating my sister and I and that is something I've learned about narcissists is that they are constantly triangulating the siblings so if you have brothers and sisters that you have you know not had good relationships with, you might want to take a, a second look at them and realize that it might be all a lie. You guys actually might get along just fine, but you've been triangulated like my sister and I were our entire life. So we are going to move into the next section called Making Sense. 
I lied. I forgot I was going to say what happened last Christmas. So I covered all of the holiday scenarios that I've dealt with from childhood on up, but I left out the most recent holidays since I've gone no contact with my mom. This will be the third Christmas. No, second Christmas I've been no contact with. It, I haven't spent Christmas with her for three years because it was the first year that I found out she was a narc. That was the last Christmas I spent with her. So this will be three years since finding out she's a narc. Two complete holidays without her. So what she has done now, my holidays exist of knowing that she will come out of the woodwork. And it is like clockwork. Every narcissist that I've ever thing that I've ever read, narcissists come out during the holidays. When it was the 4th of July, she stalked my house with her new boy toy, now her husband, you know, after that six weeks. So she would drive by my house while and snoop on us to see like what cars were in my driveway and who, what we were doing. So last Christmas holiday season, she just showed up at my house unannounced. Obviously she couldn't tell me because I have did not give her my phone number, but she could try to contact my husband. She still has his cell phone number. So we were getting ready to go to a Christmas light event where you drive through all these Christmas lights. And I was going to meet my sister and her son, and we were going to go shopping for some groceries and then go see Christmas lights as a family thing. And all of a sudden, my mom appears and I'm on the toilet <laughs> going to the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm not aware that my world is going to get turned upside down within seconds. I have my cat now realizes I'm recording with the door shut and he does not like that. So you will hear him. Um, well, I, all of a sudden my husband comes in and he sneaks his head inside the door and he's like, um, your mom's here. And I'm like, what? My, what? <laughs> and I, cause I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> she just shows up. And so he, he's like, your mother's here. And I'm like, she's, she's like in the house or she, like she's, she's outside. He goes, I let her in. And in my head, I'm thinking, what the hell? <laughs> You're a traitor. Like <laughs> a year of no contact. I was so proud that I went a year. And then my derpy derp husband decides to let the villain into my house while I'm going to the bathroom while my family is dressed and ready to go. I thought, why would this be a good idea? Why is this a good idea for him? I have no idea what he was thinking. So I had to decide, what am I going to do? What are my options? I can't sit here on the toilet forever. I can't lock myself in my bathroom and be like, no, I'm not coming out until she's gone. Because that's what she would want. So I had to put myself quickly in her shoes and thought, okay, I'm a narc. I just show up at my daughter's house unannounced. And, you know, around five o'clock, it gets dark around that time. Um, and I, oh, so how, so I'll, I'm going to get ahead of myself. So I thought, my options are either tell my husband, get her out of my house. I'm not going out there. That's what she wants. She wants to fluster me. She wants me to either fight or flight. <laughs> she wants me to flight, but she raised me to fight. My, that's the one thing that my mom did. She treated me like their battle bot where she treated, they treated my sister differently they treated me and groomed me to fight with them. That was their, that was their, their supply was let's irritate her. Let's be mean to her because she has a sense of justice inside of her and she won't take it. So we're going to use that for our, our benefit. So since I knew what she wanted, she wanted to fight me and she was coming to do it. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to give her what she wants, but I'm also going to hold my ground and I made these boundaries and I got to defend them because if I don't take my boundaries seriously, she's not going to take my boundaries seriously. And boundaries tick off narcs like nobody's business. She knew darn well she was not welcome at my house. Um, so I walk out 
and my husband said she came in with uh, presents for my kids and she had these little puppy doll guys and little presents because narcs also love to transaction. She knew she was not going to get into the house just herself. So she thought, oh, but if I get the little kids presents, they'll have to let me in. So he let her in. He felt sorry. And he was really against his better judgment, he said. But she looked pitiful and she said, I'm just going to come in. I just want to say hi and get the kids their presents. That's all I want to do. He goes, so I believed her. So I let her in. He goes, and the minute she saw you, it was like a, like a switch went off and she went into fight mode. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to tell you, dude. But the, you know, he never was around when her, um, when she, her and my dad would come over to my house and fight me. They wait until you go to work and they would come over to my house and fight with me. Just being rude, just being mean, just, she would triangulate the crap out of us. So I looked at her and I said, what are you doing here? And she said, well, I'm your mother. And to be honest, now it's been a year. And I can't exactly remember the entire dialogue. But it it involved her telling us, I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did. And I said, you do know what you've done. I've told you point blank what you've done. I've texted you back and told you exactly what you've done. When you showed up to our house a year ago demanding answers, we told you what you've done. You know what you've done. So you can stop playing dumb. We've already told you. I said, we told you that we have caught you in multiple lies. You have tried to destroy my marriage. You have strategically went behind our back and lied about us to everybody at church, to friends, to family members. You ostracized me and my sister for 20 years lying about us to each other. We've told you countless times what you've done. We're not backing down. You are not welcome here and we, I love you, but you are, I do not trust you and you are not welcome in my life anymore. I've trusted you for 39 years and that was enough. I'm done. We're not, we don't trust you. And then my kids, because I don't keep anything from my kids. I, I homeschool and they live, we are a close family and I educate them because they're going to need to know this. I don't lie to them. When their grandma just randomly shows up and starts yelling and screaming at us, they're going to want to know why. So we tell them, well, my son comes out and says, and I don't like it because he says, you don't love me. You hit me in the head with a Barbie doll. Cause we found out when she started to get aggressive with our son, when we would leave him, we'd go run to get groceries. She'd be like, I'll watch the kids. Well, we thought it was strange when my son was just like really ticked off at her. And he said, because she took one of the Barbie dolls and just smacked him hard in the forehead, which is really weird because how do you just accidentally do that? You don't. You know, so little things started to bubble up where she started to get aggressive towards our kids. She started competing with my little one, with my daughter, and she was only seven at the time and my son was six. Um, we signed her up to take uh, piano lessons and all of a sudden my mom wants to take piano lessons. And then all of a sudden she's contacting the same instructor. Instructor, And then all of a sudden we're going to go into our, um, our recital and then she's like, oh, I think she did better last time. She's starting all of a sudden started to plant seeds of doubt in my my daughter's head about her performance like she's some sort of you know expert she's never touched a freaking piano in her life because she the the instructor thankfully told her no (laughs) she did not have her room or whatever so you know we made it pretty clear while why she was not welcome anymore and so just because my son spoke up and said what he was upset with her about she looked at me and my two loving little baby nuggets and my husband and screamed this is demonic and she started yelling at us saying that we were demonic that the whole thing was demonic that we were evil that she didn't deserve this and i said it is time for you to go and she said i am not leaving (laughs) and i'm just thinking in my head 
this is now what I know what I know. I know that this is a narcissistic temper tantrum. I know that she is projecting out onto me her nasty demonic insides out onto me and calling me demonic because it's really the amount that she changes her her personality, the three or four personalities she has locked inside that one body does come across as demonic. So I thought it was very, you know, appropriate for her to try to project that crap out onto us, knowing that that's how she was actually acting. So, you know, it involved me just being firm and saying, nope, you are not welcome here. And she says, you are not, I'm not leaving. I said, we have somewhere we are going. We had plans. You should have never came. You are not welcome here. And it involved me just, she's going, I'm not leaving. You are not going to push me out of your house. And I said, we both know that you're leaving right now. And I put my arm forward in front of me like a stiff board and I slowly started to walk her out of my front door and she was spinning in my arm like trying to fight me and she kept looking back at my husband going do you see this do you see this she's not letting me in you told me I was always welcome and he said yeah we told you you were always welcome before we knew what you were doing to us. Now that we know all the evil things that you've done to us, you are not welcome. And we made you aware of that a year ago. So thankfully my, you know, my husband did talk and speak up and stuff. I just, like I said, it's been a year and I just kicked it out of my head. I don't let it live in my brain. I, I, so we got her out of the house. Um, I just, stayed firm, walked her to the front door, and then she proceeded to bellow and yell at us. And then she, oh yes, this is one really interesting part. Um, my husband said, you are not welcome here. We've already told you, you have, you used to lie to my wife about me and lie to me about my wife. You were trying to break up our marriage. And she says this, I have never tried to break up your marriage. I have never tried to come in between you. Come here. Let me, and then I tell you what, narcissists, man, they are a trip. She looks at my husband after the words just left her mouth that she had never tried to keep us apart. Then she looks at him and says, come here, come here. Why don't you and I go and have a chat on the other side of the house? And he goes, what? See, you're doing it again. Like you just said. You never have tried to do that. And then you turn around and you literally try to separate me from my wife. So you can go and, you know, try to manipulate me out of earshot. This is what we're talking about. So it's like, they're so thirsty to be in control and to destroy and to conquer people that they're ignorant and they don't even hear their words. They're really freaking ignorant. <laughs> it's a real trip. It is, it is really gross. So now that leads me to today. We have Thanksgiving is tomorrow. And I, um, we went to a tree lighting with my mother-in-law last night and she's an angel. So I, that's nice. <laughs> so I never have to worry about someone, a mean word or whatever coming out of her. She's so nice. And we went to um, a tree lighting with the kids and we brought her and we went and grabbed some food and we had a nice, you know, jaunt over there. And um, then she proceeds to tell me that she ran into my mom and um, thankfully we already had told her where we were at regarding her. And she said, yeah, I ran into her. We were, she was coming out of this um, Chinese buffet restaurant and she stopped me and was asking me how you guys were doing and how the kids were doing. And she's like, I'm not, I haven't seen them. And uh, we haven't talked in like, we haven't, you know, it's been like three years now. I haven't seen the kids ever since, you know, she kicked me out of her house. She kicked me out. <laughs> and my mother-in-law knew this. We already told her a heads up. And, um, so I want to tell you, I, for some reason, I feel like there's some creepy because I'm a Christian, because I know that the spiritual world is a thing. The supernatural world is a thing. Um, I, there, something is creepy about narcissists where not only do they come out of the woodwork 
um, like around the holidays, but it's like if you're talking about them, they appear. It's like the Beetlejuice movie where if you say Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, and then you say it three times, then all of a sudden he appeared in the movie. That is how narcissists are. Because I kid you not, I got home and within 10 minutes of being me being home, my mother, the narcissist, is calling my cell phone. I didn't give her my phone number. The only people that have my phone number would be my mother-in-law and um, my in-laws and then my sister. And I knew at first I was like, how in the heck did this woman get my phone number? So my husband's like, I don't know. Do you think my mom would have, you know, felt bad and given it to her or been bamboozled into giving it to her or whatever? And I'm like, eh, I feel like she wouldn't have, you know, she, he's like, well, just call her and ask and see if she, maybe she did. And um, nope. She said, no, I would never give her your phone number. And I was like, yep, I figured it. So, um, right now the mystery, you know, that Occam's razor, the simplest explanation is most likely the, the explanation. And I would have to say that's probably my sister. And, um, that is another topic is the narc fleas. Um, when you were around a narcissist for a very long time, it's hard for you to, you know, um, get over the personality traits that they have put in you and the trauma bonding. And my sister, um, we, when her and I are just well alone together, we get along just great. But the more she's around my mom, I notice she starts to backslide and she starts to act hateful towards me again. Um, like she's like all the brainwashing for 20 years that my mom put for us to hate each other starts to like bubble up in the surface and she starts treating me awful. She starts, um, being very moody towards me, very, uh, triggering, um, very accusatory out of the blue, just out of the blue. Like I call her to, to called her when she was sick and said, Hey, I just, you know, calling you back, seeing how you're doing. And then she would just rant for about five minutes about anybody and everybody that was being, you know, driving her nuts in her life. And then, um, she's like, well, how have you been? And, you know, I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I've been, I homeschool two kids, you know, so I'm busy and my husband was sick, but nothing big. And she's like, oh, I, I figured something had to be going on because I didn't talk to her for two days, you know? So there's a lot of personality traits that she still has from my mom's brainwashing and trauma bonding. So, um, we were really close when we got reconnected, but now that my mom has gotten married and she lives like three trailers down from my mom and she has to see her and um, this new husband now my mom's trying to shove into her life. I don't think she is capable of holding her ground or her boundaries and I don't hold it against her, but I am not happy if she is the one that gave my mom my phone number because that, that's not cool. That wouldn't be cool to do, but I don't want to speculate, but I mean, that's the most likely source because, uh, I, when you give like six people, your phone number, you know, you know, that one of them is the one that's closest to your, your mom. It's gotta be her. So I, I'm not happy about that. And I thought that was really back backhanded. So, but it is what it is. It's hard when you are raised by a narcissist, um, to fully, if you are not fully no contact, you do run the risk of getting the narcissist fleas. And if you look that up, what that means is the longer you're around a narcissist for any amount of time, you are not yourself because they won't allow you to be yourself. So you will either backslide into who you are, who they groomed you to be because they have broken you down. It's a mental breakdown. It's a mental abuse. It's the trauma bonding. So that I will talk about that in another episode. So, um, that's where I'm at right now. This is, uh, my narcissist like journey. So I'm going to be very open and honest about where I'm at in my life from my, my personal, you know, point of view. And, um, it's a messy situation because 
you're dealing with other humans, you're dealing with mental illness, you're dealing with emotions, you're dealing with abuse, you're dealing with family members, you're dealing with loved ones, you're trying to rebuild yourself and, and keep people that you know can hurt you from, keep them from you. So we're going to be moving now into the making sense part. So I'll see you on the flip side. All right, so on this flip side, um, this is in the making sense. And in this portion, I will put something that really we can close the show up with something that helps us make sense of like where we're at in this narcissistic journey, nightmare, wake up, whatever we're in right now. And I found the handy um, article on narcissist NarcissistAbuseSupport.com and it is titled 10 Tips to Survive the Holidays with a Toxic Family. And, you know, they just started off by saying, ah, the holidays, a sense of roasting turkey, apple pie, Christmas cookies, fill in the air. Um, this is a pretty light, rich, vibrant colors. Oh, and you know, the animal snark from your narcissistic mother about how you need to grow up and stop being so jealous of others because you had the audacity to look hurt when your sister's Christmas present was an Apple watch and yours was a mop. Oh, the holidays. You know, and I'm like, yeah, it's so crazy because each one of us would have so many different um, Christmas experience stories, let alone lifetimes, you know, at childhood uh, nightmares, really, you know, husbands and boyfriends and girlfriends and coworkers, nurks are everywhere. So, but this was, um, 10 tips to help you maintain healthy boundaries and make it through the holiday season. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes. I'm just going to read you the title of the, the boundaries and then they have a paragraph for each bullet point. So then you can go and read in, in more in depth. So number one was decide on your why. So you may be invited to several holiday related events, but be curious about whether you feel compelled or obligated to attend. And that is something that I have really had to learn. And then now I feel like I'm teaching my husband because he has more of a people pleasing vibe. Obviously he's the one that let her in, right? <laughs> now he's like, never again. He really saw the error in his ways. He's like, why did I do that? And you know, so um, know why you're going. Are you going because you genuinely want to go? Or are you going because you feel like you have to go? Or you're because if you don't, you will suffer some wrath, you know, for not going. Because we all know that's a thing. So um, number two, say yes selectively and no deliberately. So each invitation and, expect, and, and expectation is an opportunity to respond with yes or no Think about what you are willing and not willing to do. So definitely put yourself first in trying to figure out how you actually and honestly feel about a situation. Three, be mindful of your triggers. It is possible to completely avoid triggers in life and it wouldn't be good for you to hole up and avoid everything in your life, you know, that, that could be potentially upsetting but you don't have to throw yourself into situations that you know 100% are likely to push you over the edge. So know yourself and trust yourself. Trust your gut instinct. Go, you know, why am I going? And that's what I had to do. I'd be like, why in the world would I want to sit in a room full of people that I knew were being told a bunch of lies about me? Like, it takes a strong person to be able to sit around people knowing that this, that your mom is a, is a freaking narcissist, a pathological liar, and they have heard umpteen million horrible stories about you, and you're just going to have to sit there and put a smile on your face and pretend like it's yeah, I'm just going to sit here and just smile like I'm a shell of a person. What about that sounds fun? Nothing. So I'd be like, nope, not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so just be honest with yourself. Really paint a picture. Make a list of pros and cons or something. So then for choose your level of engagement. Not every comment, look, 
or you know, etc. calls for a response. Not every response needed needs to be verbal. That's what I've had to learn. You know what? Just sit there. I've even tried to do that now because um, I felt like I always had to talk to distract myself or to maybe counter the perception that my mom would try to paint of me. I would try extra hard not to be that, to, to fall into the trap of her lies. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to say anything at all. I'm just going to sit here. Less is more. <laughs> so I totally understand that. Um, and then also, you also have to be careful. That's why I like that. Uh, choose your level of engagement. Because if you're going to the narcissist's house for something, you know that that's their playing ground. That's their playground. That's their home base. No, probably full of their flying monkeys. So you really don't want to say too much because they're a little little messengers for the the evil wicked witch so less is more there too also prepare your rinse and repeat responses when you do need to respond make sure that it is helpful to prepare some responses that you can repeat or reiterate as needed to avoid being drawn into a conversation you are just not interested in some of the uh, responses that they shared was, that's not up for discussion. I understand that you're upset, but this is my decision. I'm sorry you don't like my choice, but I stand by it. I prefer not to discuss this. And if you continue to bring this up, I will not continue the conversation. Excellent. And that's what I found that I had to keep doing with my mom. I just had to be firm and I had to keep repeating myself. It is time for you to go. It is time for you to go. It is time for you to go. While she's shouting and yelling at me and trying to pull out all the stops, I just had to stay firm and be polite and gray rock her out of my house. She has no business there. She does not own my house. She does not own me. She does not pay my bills. She's not doing of that. And that's why I also have sympathy towards my sister because she does own my sister's house. She does own my sister's car. She does live six months, you know, six like six steps, <laughs> three trailers away. You know, my sister pays all the payments, but everything's in my mom's name. She's in, in like a trap. So, you know, she's in a really sticky situation. Um, so six, don't dive into the punch bowl. Uh, it says it can be tempting to turn to alcohol or other substances to feel calm enough to be around difficult people, resist, or at least temper the temptation. So yeah, I know this from experience. You do not want to turn to substances um, to help lubricate your anxiety-ridden dread of going to a holiday event because that doesn't always work to your benefit. Um, it will also let down your guard and you will have um, less cognitive function to make good life choices you know so yeah you might it might crack you up to think about finally having the gumption to like tell somebody off but it's nothing's going to come from um taking liquid courage before you go to these situations and also might i add if you feel like you have to you know get liquid courage to go you probably shouldn't be going in the first place that that takes us back up to the other bullet point of know when to say no seven watch for signs of escalation family meltdowns can can seemingly come out of nowhere but often you can see the signs of the approaching apocalypse think about the patterns and cycles that you know about your family give yourself permission to walk away and choose not to take part in the situation so just you know it's not your job to be the peacemaker. Also, have an exit strategy. Keep your options open so that you can leave when the time feels right for you. Make sure nobody's parking behind you. If you have to just cross the street instead of park in the driveway or something like that, try that. Um, <clears throat> have an exit strategy. Have an excuse. Um, if you came with someone else, have a nonverbal hand signal or something to let them know, let's get out of here. Nine, plan at least one event or activity that is just for you. Also, yeah, it says self-care is crucial, but is critically important at the times in your life when you are most stressed out. Holidays are a very um, high peak stress time for many, and especially for those of us who have very difficult family 
things going on. So do not wait until you're melting down. Be proactive and create time and space for yourself. And 10, spend as much time as you can with the people who actually love you and you love, support, celebrate, and appreciate you. Family is not only blood. Found family is invaluable. And you don't have to feel bad about choosing time with them over time with people who tear you down. Fill your cup up with the loving energy of those who care about you and value you and don't forget the marshmallows. So that I thought was very helpful for us going into the holiday season. And like I said, I'll put the link to that in the show notes at hornswogglepodcast.com. And now we are moving into the closing. closing i hope each episode i record helps someone else who may be going through a similar situation or knows someone who has it can be very discouraging to many because they feel guilty for airing the dirty deeds done by others but we should never feel shamed into silence and that is why i am so open about where i'm at do i care if they listen and find my podcast nope they should care because I'm not, I don't tell, I'm not going to tell people who they are. I'm not going to tell their names, but I'm not going to stay shamed into silence. I want to at least be able to share where I'm at, the process, where I'm at in the process. And it is my right to share my life. And um, I hope that it helps you feel comfortable in sharing yours. So if you have a story of your own that you would like to share, you can email the show at Iwashornswoggled at gmail.com or head to hornswogglepodcast.com and there's a little place where you can record a message. It is short, but if you want to do multiples, I can hook them together very easily. And um, there's that option on my website. So until next time, you have a great day and God bless. And I hope you survive the holidays. I hope these, uh, this episode will help you. <laughs> make some sense and give you some ideas on how to survive the narc infested holiday season. And also don't open the door. If you've got no contact, do not open the door and make sure your husband knows or your significant other or your kids. No, I don't care how many presents they're, they're, they're carrying. That's a transaction. They are only bringing gifts or treats to get their foot in the door so they can ravage you. That's, that's what they want. They want to destroy your joy. So don't let them. God bless. Have a great day. Bye.